0: All right, Exodus 24. We're going to finish up this chapter. And then, after we get through with Exodus 24, we will kind of pick things up as we go through Exodus. These last few chapters, from 25 to 40, for the most part, kind of cover the same thing and, and kind of repeat it. There's a few uh, incidents that we will look at as we finish out. Uh, the book of Exodus but we won't be going through a verse by verse like we have up to this point because of of the of the of the material and some of the things that are repeated well we could read through all of them uh but we'll kind of pick out the high points and we'll talk about as a whole what the rest of the chapters are about once we get to chapter 25 and in the chapters following so we'll still be in exodus for a few more weeks uh, but we'll kind of change our our teaching style in the weeks to come Tonight, we will be in Exodus 24, verse 12 is where we will start, verse 12 through verse 18. When you get it, say, God. All right. Let's pray, and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these words, and I pray that you would just help us to just draw closer to you every time we read your word, dear Lord. I pray that tonight uh, you just let your Holy Spirit come on us. God, I pray that you take away any any worries or burdens or fears that we have that we might have brought into this place, any distractions, dear Lord. I pray that you help us to be... On guard and be aware of the of the old devil, dear Lord. He's he's on the prowl like a lion, dear Lord, looking for somebody to the devour. He's he wants to devour any of us he can, God. So I pray that you help us all to be on guard and don't let. Uh, Things in our life distract us or get us off track or cause us to have a bad attitude, dear Lord, or get depressed or, or want to give up, dear Lord. Whatever it may be, all the ways that the enemy tries to attack us, I pray that you keep us safe, help us to use your armor to, to be able to fight against those tactics. And I pray tonight as we read your word that there will be something here that we need to hear that's going to lift us up and draw us closer to you. I pray that you be with me as I preach and teach, and I pray that you get all the glory tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Now, in the verses leading up to this that we talked about last week in Exodus 24, we talked about God making the covenant with the Israelites. Uh, God was making this covenant. He had explained to them in the verses before uh, the commands that he was laying out for them. Now, they weren't, Those weren't all the commands that God laid out for them in Exodus 20 through 23, but they were, they were a large portion that, that covered some of the things that God wanted the israelites to be obedient to and after god gave the commands to the israelites and to moses he said look i'm going to make a covenant that covenant was sealed by the sprinkling of blood of animals and that was a foreshadowing of jesus christ that was pointing us toward the fact that jesus was going to be the ultimate sacrifice for us we see that in the book of hebrews where it says the things of the first covenant Are passing away, and that a new covenant was coming, but the things of the first covenant were a shadow. Meaning that if you ever go outside, uh, you may see a shadow of someone or something, and you may can kind of tell a little bit what that shadow is by its outline. You may can tell that it's a Person with a hat on perhaps, or, or, or that it's some object just by the shadow, but you can't see all the details. You just can barely tell, well, I know what that is, but I don't know all the details, I haven't seen it fully. And when we <laughs> read about these things in Exodus and in the Old Testament, that are shadows, that the Bible would say, of things to come, that is Jesus Christ. We kind of get a glimpse of what God's plan is. We kind of see the outline of it, but we get all the fullness of it and the fulfillment of it in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we saw in the verses leading up to this. God had made that covenant with the Israelites. Now, uh, Moses and some of the elders and a few others had walked part of the way up the mountain. Now, the mountain had been barricaded back chapters before we read, and they weren't able to go all the way up to it, the people of Israel. But now, after God has spoken to Moses, he tells Moses to come up and bring some of these people with him. Now, they're not able to go all the way to the top of the mountain and be in the presence of God like Moses is. They're only able to go a little way. But even they are able to experience God in a deeper level than the rest of the Israelites who are at the base of the mountain. And now tonight we are going to see that that Moses and Joshua are going to uh, go a little further up the mountain even. All right, let's read in verse 12. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay there so that I may give you the stone tablets with the law and commandments I have written for their instructions. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua and went up the mountain of God. He told the elders wait here for us until we return to you Aaron and her are here with you whoever has a dispute should go to them so here we see Joshua mentioned again we see Aaron and her mentioned now we've seen Aaron mentioned a few times but these three names that we see here Joshua Aaron and her obviously they were people that that Moses uh, uh, looked favorably upon in that, that they uh, had the qualities to be good leaders of the people, or in Joshua's case, to be his assistant. Now, if you remember back in Exodus chapter 17, there was a group of people, the Amalekites, who attacked the Israelites. And in that story, Joshua was in command of the, of the group that was battling the Amalekites, and Moses went up onto the mountain And there with Moses was Aaron and Hur, H-U-R, not H-E-R, and they would hold Moses' hands up because as long as Moses' hands were held up, the Israelites would win. But when he would put them down, they would lose. And so uh, Moses was tired, and by the strength of Aaron and Hur helping (coughs) Moses hold up his hands, and by Joshua leading in the battle, and of course God uh, delivering the Amalekites over to him, in that instance, uh, we see a a good... a uh, story there earlier on about these, these people that, that Moses calls out specifically by name here. And he says, look, if there's a problem, then Aaron and Hur are going to be able to take care of it. But Joshua is going to go on up with Moses onto the mountain. Now, that's interesting. He says, now wait here for us until we return. Now, did Joshua go all the way to the top of the mountain? Joshua's not mentioned any other time when Moses makes it to the mountain as he is hearing from God. And so we really don't know if Joshua was there. Perhaps Joshua was there with Moses or perhaps Joshua went a little further than the elders but wasn't able to go all the way to the top with Moses. Perhaps he was still at a distance. Uh, He was there to greet Moses when he came back down. We see that in the following chapters. But the Bible doesn't tell us that Joshua was there or was not there. Although there is some evidence to point to the fact that there is at least a possibility that Joshua could have been there in the presence of God because in Exodus 33, when Moses returns and makes a tent outside of the camp. There's a whole other story to that that we'll get to. But it says that God would come down upon that tent where Moses dwelt, and Joshua stayed there all the time, it said. Moses would come and go, but when Moses left, it said Joshua would stay in the tent. So at least there's some evidence to show us that, hey, Joshua, it appears, is with Moses in those instances when God comes upon the people. And it is possible that Joshua could have been on the mountain with Moses, although the Bible doesn't say one way or the other, so we don't want to put too much emphasis on that. But you may have noticed that language in there that we and us language, and you like me may have said, "Well, wait a minute, did Joshua go up there with him? Well, we just don't know. In the old Ten Commandments movie, Joshua didn't go up there with him, but if that's if that's what we're going by, Uh, I don't know if that's historically accurate. But anyway, it's something for us to uh, think about here. So the elders are at one spot. Moses and Joshua are going to another spot. It's possible Joshua went all the way. It's possible Joshua stopped a little short. And Moses was the one who was there in the presence of the Lord. In verse 15, when Moses went up the mountain, the cloud covered it. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it. For six days. On the seventh day he called to Moses from the cloud. The appearance of the Lord's glory to the Israelites was like a consuming fire on the mountain top. So here God is calling to Moses and Moses is going up uh, the mountain to uh, be there with the Lord. And it says of the Israelites that uh, the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. Now I don't know what that means. It doesn't say that it was a consuming fire, but it was like a consuming fire. Now maybe there were flashes of orange and red, like a fire would look. Perhaps uh, there was something going on that was that was reminiscent, at least to the people, that was like a fire. And perhaps in some ways it was some physical fire. But it says that it was uh, it. it um, that the Israelites uh, was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. So whatever that looked like, whatever that was, it was no doubt a miraculous thing for the Israelites to see. It was something that uh, no doubt would have probably brought fear into them, as we saw in the verses earlier a few chapters back, that they wanted Moses to be the mediator for them. And so they see this still going on. Now keep in mind, this these type of events have been going on for a while. This has been kind of stretched out over a few days. We see here uh, that there's on the seventh day is when god uh tells moses to uh, come up onto the mountaintop it says uh On the seventh day, he called to Moses from the cloud. And so this has been going on for a few days. You remember, we started this back in Exodus chapter 20 when God began to speak the commandments and the laws to the people. So I don't know how long of a period has gone on from start to finish, but this was not an overnight occurrence. This was something that had been going on for a while. So you can imagine what it must have been like for the Israelites to see this miraculous event take place throughout these days. Verse 18 Moses entered the cloud as he went up the mountain, and he remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now here we don't see Joshua mentioned. We see that only Moses went up to to, to the mountain. So it would appear from these verses that Joshua is not mentioned, so perhaps it's just Moses. But the text doesn't say one way or another. But it says that he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. This was definitely, no doubt, a a trying time for the Israelites as we are going to see in the weeks to come. Moses was up there for a long time. Now, if you remember just a few verses back last week when God (laughs) said, I want to make a covenant with you, this is what you got to abide by. You remember the Israelites were quick to say, we will do everything that you command us to do. We will follow you, Lord. We will serve you. We will be obedient to you. And now, just a few verses later, it wouldn't have been very long, uh, maybe a few hours, maybe a couple of days uh, before all these next events took place. Now Moses is on the mountain for 40 days as he is talking with the Lord. And what we are going to see in the chapters to come that the Israelites that were all in a few verses ago are going to be tired of waiting on the Lord. They're going to be tired of waiting on Moses. Moses isn't coming back. He brought us out here and he abandoned us. Now, I think there's a few uh, good things that we can see in these verses. One is, I think it's important for us to recognize as we've gone through Exodus, the important role that Joshua has played Moses had called on Joshua back in Exodus chapter 17. Here we see in these verses that Joshua is kind of his right-hand man. He's an, he's an assistant. He's kind of right there with him. We see that on through the book of Exodus everywhere uh, that Moses goes. And I think that that's a good thing for us to recognize because there are times in our life where we may need an assistant as well. We see ultimately that Moses doesn't get to enter the promised land, but it's Joshua who gets to lead the people into the promised land. Uh, Some of you may remember as we talked about that a few months back when we went through the book of Joshua. I think that that's a good reminder, at least to me, and that might be reading a little too much into the text, but I do think that that's a good reminder that we see that Moses had a a, a helper there with him. Even when Jesus sent out uh, the disciples in the New Testament, he sent them out two by two. And oftentimes, it's easier for us, or at least for me, if I'm going out and doing something to have someone with me, in particular, if I'm going to do something for the Lord. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel a little more bold when I know there's a brother or sister in Christ there beside me. And I think that's a good uh, thing for us to pull from this, is that Moses had a helper, and that Moses uh, was, was was there, or he was with Moses throughout all of these events, and eventually God used him to lead the people into the promised land the other thing we see is that sometimes god takes a little longer than maybe that we would we would want and god didn't rush into anything here he was on the mountain with moses for 40 days Uh, if you're like me you want god to act quickly why doesn't god do things now and sometimes god does things and it takes days or it takes weeks or it takes months And we don't want to be like the Israelites. We don't want to be those who give up on the Lord and say, well, God is taking too long because God may be getting everything into place. God was giving uh, Moses instructions of how uh, certain things were to be done. That's what you see in the chapters that follow what God was telling uh, Moses here. He was instructing Moses on what was to be done, how the people were to do this and how the people were to do that. And God didn't get in any rush It took him 40 days in in, in human time. And sometimes God may be working on things in our life, maybe not giving us a law in the same way that he did the Israelites, maybe not giving us specific instructions uh, for building a tabernacle in the way that he did the Israelites. But sometimes God is working behind the scenes in our life because we don't see what he's doing. He may be working through other people or other situations, to answer the very prayer that we've been praying about, to help us to grow in a certain area that we need to grow, to help us to get through a certain situation that we are trying to get through. And the days may begin to go by, and pretty soon it may be months that go by, and we think that God is not doing anything. We think, like the Israelites thought, well, Moses has abandoned us here. We are hopeless. What are we going to do? Perhaps sometimes we have the same attitude about God. Time goes by and we say, boy, this has taken too long. I thought god loved me we, we kind of forget about everything God has done for us in the past we kind of forget that we we know god is trustworthy we know god is true we see it in scripture and just like the israelites they knew god was trustworthy they knew he was true they knew he was all-powerful they had seen miracles that most of us probably will never get to witness yet they were very quick to turn away from the lord because he wasn't acting as quick as they thought he should and we don't want to be guilty of the same thing. You may be in a time right now where you're waiting. There may be a time right now where God is working behind the scenes to put everything into place. Don't give up on him and turn to another, uh, another source to, to find joy and to find uh, encouragement because there is no joy and encouragement apart from the Lord. So be patient and wait on the Lord. Joshua was there with Moses throughout the whole thing because we see later on as Moses came down the mountain, there was Joshua and they heard the people at the bottom of the mountain. And Joshua was patient through all this. As Joshua was waiting on Moses, if he indeed was not there with him, he was patient to wait and he didn't abandon him. And we don't want to be like the Israelites and abandon the Lord. Let us be patient in whatever circumstances we may be in to know that God has our best interest in mind and that it'll all work out for the best if we trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words and I pray that you would help us to uh, be patient. God, there may be something going on. I don't know everybody's life or everybody's struggles or whatever it may be. And maybe maybe everybody's doing good tonight or maybe there are gonna be times in the future, dear Lord, that we do bad. But whether we're at a hard time now or we're, we're coming up on a hard time, dear Lord, I pray that you would help us to be patient. I pray that you would help us not to be so quick to forget all the good things you do for us and the many times you've delivered us, dear Lord, and been there for us in the past. Let us be patient, dear Lord, as you do your work, and I pray that you would help us to know that you've got our best interest, and God, not to rush into things and and mess them up and make a foolish mistake, but to trust you in all we do. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.